to death that Nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings, welcome to RLM TV. Greetings. Welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Alrighty then. We're doing all right. Happiest day <laughs> of your entire life. Hey man, it's good to be alive in Christ. This is the greatest time to be alive in the history of the world. The overcomers of Babylon the Great. Yes, you do face the most spiritual opposition. That only means the most rewards are available. Amen. It's worth it all. Absolutely worth it. This is Philippians 3.3. 3. For we Christians are the true circumcision. Come on. Who worship God in spirit and by the spirit of God and exult and glory and pride ourselves in Jesus Christ, and put no confidence or dependence on what we are in the flesh. In the flesh. I like how it said true circumcision, because there had to be a differentiation. And as I was studying the wisdom of Moses this last week or so, I found out that the mark put upon Cain, there's a lot of speculation about that, but it's very clearly recorded by the Jewish sages that the mark given to Cain was circumcision. And Balaam was circumcised as well. That's right. So Balaam was circumcised. So whatever level of circumcision you have, if you're an entry-level Christian, one of the first things that you might remove from your flesh are the obvious sins. You might quit drinking. You might quit smoking. You might begin to circumcise things from your flesh. Outward godliness, but God ain't on the inside, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The highest level possible Balaam, red magic, uh, wickedness that you could possibly achieve. If that's your goal, this is how you could do it. I hope that's not your goal. And I don't think that most people at hearing this would use that information to make it their goal. But you never know. There's some crazy wild people out there. It's all going to go into the lake of fire eventually anyway. I think we've already so, met them all. Well, well, there's still more that could possibly be done. I don't have faith for it. I do. Well, I don't I don't want you to walk in it, so that's why I'm going to share this with you. Some of the highest possible wickedness you could possibly do is begin the journey of cosmic circumcision and get sapphire stone circumcision and then proceed to use selfish prayer, praying your own will instead of God's will. And that's where you enter the territory of red Balaam sorcery magic with the ultimate appearance of good and so that's why not our will be done not our own selfish will so you might have some circumcisions and go cosmic even beyond rihanna's red magic right so that would actually make you a worse sinner than the illuminati as far as how much you've used the things of god for your own self-will while looking the best so the reason why again instructing on this is so that you don't go into that territory because it's terrible. And you might say, what do you mean? I'm not worse than the Illuminati. They're sacrificing children. And well, you are sacrificing children because when you get start to get circumcised and then you start praying witchcraft prayers, you're actually murdering the children, the spirits 
of the other people who are trying to rise and the people who are below you. So just make sure if you've done that, definitely repent and don't do that. Remember, God's will is better than your will and his will is better for you. You do not know better than God. No one knows better than God. He knows what's best for us and his plans are to prosper. Plans to heal you, plans to prosper you. He's got a bright hope and a future plan for you. But where people get into this kind of witchcraft is they don't actually trust God. It's unbelief. It's a mistrust of God because they say, no, not your will be done, God, because I don't trust God what he's going to do to me. I don't trust what his plans are. I don't like how he is lifting somebody else up. I don't like, you know, his plans because his plans might not include what I've already decided needs to happen so that I can have this and this and that and be this person. So that's called mistrust and unbelief in God. And now you're fighting God while trying to convince God that your plan is better than his plan. All it does is demote you in the kingdom. So you may have heights, even if you get into heights in the sapphire stones, if you then turn into Balaam sorcery, you actually have an ability to be a, a higher level sorcerer and wicked, uh, working wickedness in the earth than even Satan's people who work for him actively. Yeah, very much so because you have all the charismatic enculturation of christianity you know come out from amongst the true apostles like first john says but their heart was never of us so we're dealing with all kinds of crazy stuff out here and i tell you the truth the victory is already planted inside you like a seed you just need to farm it seed time and harvest amen we love seed time and harvest now once you experience your first harvest of a fruit it doesn't take much faith to plant more seed. Now, when you have never seen a seed before, that's not weeds, thorns, and thistles, which is what most of you have seen in the charismatic church, it is a lot of the wrong kind of seed with a little bit of the right kind of seed. Now, once you get into cosmic botany <laughs> and you learn that the seed, when you plant it, oh no, it went into the ground and died. Oh no, what will I do? It's gone. Oh God, most is how most people react. God, why? That was my seed. That was the one thing. That was my little nugget of glory. Sounds like some first time farmers. Exactly. <laughs> Where did it all go? Into the ground to die so that it can grow into lots of plants. And then out of the one plant, oh no, it's just a little twig in the ground. What am I gonna do? It takes maturation. So there are certain plants you're going to have to wait at least three years for it to mature, for it to bear fruit. And then once it continues to mature, it will bear even more fruit unless you don't, unless you don't prune it. So the more branches you have, the less fruit you'll have. You know, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. And there's all kinds of you, all kinds of branches, not much fruit. So he's going to trim you He's trimming us because if you have more branches, you won't have more fruit. So he prunes the branches so that the plant will have energy to produce fruit. It's how you're spending your energy. When you spend your energy and time on yourself, thinking about you, you, your destiny, your blessings, how you can benefit, you're growing branches and you're not growing fruit. So God's going to start trimming. Oh, that was my favorite part of me, my life, my blah, 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 my spirituality. Pruned trimmed cut yeah, let snip. go and let god buckwheat yeah oh, i'm trying to they're trying to get me they're trying to clip me no that's your father with a pair of shears because you are out of control 
and just going like what is wrong with that plant you want it to be a nice trim plant with lots of fruit and it, after all that time crying about the seed dying in the ground where did it all go i don't have anything it's so small small beginnings oh i despise the small small beginnings why then the maturation why are you pruning me they're trying to clip me they're trying to get me they're trying to take me out and all of a sudden springtime comes and you've been through the pruning and you've been through the weeding and you've been through the dying and the growing and growing where's the fruit where's the fruit and then all of a sudden oh 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 that's what you meant <laughs> wow that's actually some nice fruit that's good and uh, we used the fertilizer which is all the crap in your life burnt on the altar and if you use fertilizer fertilizer is not for food by the way if you ate a stack of cow manure you would likely end up in the hospital at some point, depending on how much manure you've eaten. But if you put manure as fertilizer on the soil, guess what, buckwheat? It's gonna grow. You're gonna produce all kinds of good fruit. So just remember, fertilizer is not food, but it can help you produce fruit if you know how to die to self. I was reminded as you were talking about these ancient seeds they discovered in Israel. They had them in a clay jar, and they found them in, in some kind of cave over in Israel. And the seeds were from an, an uh, what do they call it, e extinct, extinct, an extinct yeah, tree. And so they planted these seeds that they say were about 2,500 years old or so, and, and an extinct species came back to life just in the last few years. And that really represents the maturity of righteousness that has pretty much entirely gone extinct until the teaching of the sapphire stones comes forth. It's about time we have a maturity that grows up into the things of heaven and not just as you've known it during the prophetic. Okay, The prophetic was to get us to the gates of Enoch. There was very little Truth. teaching about Enoch, almost zero teaching on sapphire stones. I remember we had one song about sapphire stones in the glory stream, and it was never recorded. I went to Joanne McFadder. I said that was the most anointed worship song I've ever seen, listened, and danced to in my entire life. Dance. It's called Dancing on Sapphire Stones. It's like, where can I get that? She's like, I've never recorded it. <laughs> and the Lord said it's a parable. No previous generation was allowed to record the teachings of righteousness from the sapphire stones until now. As Bob Jones said, I checked all the shoe boxes and there's no shoes in them. What's any different of these shoes? And I looked and there was shoes in the shoe boxes of this next generation. And I remember Bob and Bobby talking many, many times in ministry, watching them in Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship, and they'd say, it's not going to be our children. Speaking of spiritual children, it's going to be our grandchildren. That's what they said and came into a consensus. The unity of the prophets, it'll be the grandchildren that do what? Bring us into the cosmic promised land of sapphire stones. That company 
that is exceedingly blessed unto perfection of the Garden of Eden, written about in Revelation 12.12, but you won't understand it until you read the first part of the verse, which says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. No one likes to hear that, because it's like, well, I'm almost entirely an inhabitant of the earth. He's talking about me, and we take it personally. I don't feel very heavenly often. I'm not very prophetic. I'm a brand new believer. Listen, you're growing up under the covering of the heavenly Jerusalem. Don't put yourself outside of heavenly Jerusalem's covering just by self-condemnation or judging yourself. Don't even judge yourself. What are you doing? You're a new believer. Most of you have only been in the glory a few years. I mean, think. look at John on Patmos. I've told you this. I'll tell you it before because a lot of times the demon gets us beating ourselves up because we don't measure up to what we think we should be. Well, you're listening to the wrong source. Don't listen to the bad report. You're in school. You're still here. You're still listening. It's not even so much about judging yourself. It's allowing the glory of God to still have a place in your ears. And in your heart, that's the most important thing. You showed up for the daily bread and you ate it. If you are consistent in that, you will go on to the mountain of the Lord. Right. I think that's, again, it's that belief in seed time and harvest. When you've never been a farmer before, if you've never seen anyone farm properly, which means what is farming correctly? Growing up like a tender shoot into the heavens righteousness right that grows up you know the cedars of lebanon those plantlings those saplings that grew up in the heart of bina before they were transplanted cosmically as the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden the cosmic history cosmic botanist history so if you want to grow back up to your mother's womb in bina you're going to have to get into cosmic righteousness but if you've never seen it happen, you've not really understood the process or paid attention to the process and those who've done it, it's going to take an act of faith to take that seed and put it in the ground and let it die. Water the soil. First, make sure you've got good soil. Work on the soil. It's the, people see them in the, in the spirit realm, the soil checkers. We've gotten multiple reports from people lately Checking the soil, seeing in the spirit realm how we check the soil. The soil condition is going to determine the quality of the plant. That's why we spend so much time talking about the soil of the heart, especially if it pricks or offends. If something is offensive of the truth in the heart realm, that's a thorn or a thistle or a rock, a hard place, a stony place that needs tilled. Because if you till the soil, it'll be ready for fertilizer which we are not eating. Hallelujah. Amen. You know what kind of farming they've been doing around here? You look around and people call themselves farmers and they're eating the crap that's supposed to be the manure for the soil. And then they got, think you got it wrong. But, you know, who am I? You know, who am I to say? It's just only, you know, seeing the Godhead face to face in encounters and was told this is how it works. But who am I, you know? To tell you to stop eating cow manure. I mean, hey. Stop eating cow manure. That's a commandment. <laughs> Love righteousness. That's also another yeah. commandment. In the spirit. Drinking the crystal clear living waters. This is some of the, the best verses in the Bible here. Listen up. Revelation 1, 
16 and 17. This will mess you up, man. In his right hand, he held seven stars. And from his mouth there came forth a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining in full power at midday. Verse 17. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if dead. That is amazing. You need the context. Apostle John has been in the glory for 70 years. He started following Jesus when he was 18 years old, full-time ministry at 21. He's in his 90s. Scholars say he was 92 when he wrote this. So he's been in the glory now over 70 years. And he's encountering Jesus after 70 years. Years of glory. He's falling on the ground as though dead. Amen. 70's been coming up a lot lately in the prophetics, hasn't it? That's the uh, 70 elders of Israel. Yeah, and uh, there's another aspect here that the Spirit keeps showing me about 70, because we were talking about Moses, the Exodus, and then 70 kept coming up. Well, we know that Bina is 50, right? The Jubilee, the Shofar, that's, you know. So if you go from 50, and then you look over 50, uh, Bina, 60, Hakma, and then 70 representing Keter of that, the three that are one and beyond that supernal veil of Bina, Hakma, and Keter. Uh, he keeps talking about 70 as Keter. And when I look at that, I see, um, I think mainly the world of Isaiah he's talking about, but I believe it also might be Yetzira. Uh, you know, we're beginners level math class of, you know, you know, c- celestial math, cosmic math, glory math. But when you're looking at that, you know, what is Exodus? You know, uh, this is what the Lord was saying, is talking about. You might want to tell them what the Exodus is because it helps you to go along with the Exodus if you know what you're exodusing from and to where you're going. What is the Exodus? Well, do you remember how long of a journey did they say in the Bible it was to get to the promised land? It didn't need to take 40 years. How many days was it? About 11 day walk. Wow, and what is 11 on our charts? The prophet. Yep, and well, oh, I'm, on the new charts, though, it is the world of Ein. Yeah, Ein and cosmic world, Ein and Ein soft. So the prophetic is meant to build us up into the infinite, right? Because you remember if we talked about Ruth Heflin, that music we listened to this last summer, one of them was a lady who was singing prophet, prophecy. And the Lord had showed me when she opens up prophecy, True prophecy always opens up into the eternal. It's that p- pinpoint golden light. You can see the prophecy it looks like an eagle flying. And then there's this point. And through that eye of the needle, that point, it opens up into the eternal realms. So everyone received something from that prophecy that night. But if you stepped into it, he said if they'd stepped into it, they would have at least gone as far as we've made it about five years, four or five years ago. They, they had the potential with that prophecy if they'd step, started to step into it. They could have made that much ground. But they didn't. They made Some people made various uh, levels of um, increase in the glory. You want to increase revelation and glory and being changed by it. Which means what, what, how they dressed would have changed. How they spoke would have changed. Their perception would have changed. And uh, it may have been difficult back then but they could have done it. So 
it's the same in every generation. Are we just going to be comfortable with what's mildly irritating to this generation? Or do you want to go way beyond that? That's how you do it. You step into the spirit of prophecy. That's the river of Elijah. Did you know that Tifred is part of the river? That river that goes up, the lightning path, is the river of life. The substance seems to change form as it goes up that lightning path because yes. it goes from river to star and from star to lightning. Because as it's written in the book of Enoch, that the revolution, which is the faithful orbit of the luminaries, produces lightning. That's why if people are talking about lightning of going into and absorbing into luminaries, that is the luminaries of the other side of the satanic origin, satanic revelation, which absorbs and takes lightning instead of producing it. It's like a black hole. It's not a luminary. It's a black hole. It's not a star. It's false light, stolen light. Anyway, so the revolution. Amen. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, so that river, if you look in the book of, of wisdom, it talks about Esther, who became a river that turned into the sun. It's about Malkut. She was wearing the kingdom, Malkut, in its full adornment of holiness when she went before the king. So that was favor. That became a river, the little river, the stream became a river, goes into the sun. Book of Enoch, the revolutions of the sun produces lightning. Enoch chapter 44, some become like lightnings, they change their form forever, and they cannot part with their new form. So the river of Elijah, you step into the spirit of prophecy. If you stay in that and continue and step into it, it takes you into the cosmos. It takes you through Enoch's door. You'll first need to discover Enoch's door before you go in through that narrow gate. And then when you accomplish and finish the Sephiroth, there's another door. And if you're able and allowed to go through that door, that's the door to the multiverse. That is about traversing the Father's heart. And that's why it's pink from world eight is pink all the way up through eternal realms. It's all pink. Yeah, I can tell you from experience, um, leaving the Sephirot, entering the multiverse in the last couple of months, it is so different. It is like constant glory all the time. It's a much greater peace. It's a much greater overcoming. Man, my emotions are so different than they used to be. My feelings, my thoughts. I think the most noticeable thing besides just the sheer amount of glory all the time is the thought life is so different. I notice, and the angels were showing me and the Holy Spirit ministering to me in the last couple of days, just showing me how much, how dramatic the transformation of my thought life has been from even the sixth and the seventh world into the eighth world of Adam Cadmon. And it's very dramatic. There, There is still a wrestling. There's still foreskins and membranes. It's not by any means the completion of the Sephirot or the completion of the curse of the fall. But it is a drastic transformation. It is, it is so amazing. So we want to encourage you guys with all the things that God has in store for you. The rewards of those who love him. I'll tell you, this has been one of the biggest rewards for me. The glorification of the thought life. And I was listening to a, a rabbi uh, recently. And he was saying that the Yachita doesn't have a, a nemesis, so to speak. It doesn't have a, a, a counter in the sinful nature. The Yachita doesn't have 
um, a nature down below that's always contradicting, contradicting and attacking it. It's alone in the glory, which means, and that's exactly what Adam Kadman feels like in the Yachita soul of Jesus Christ. It feels like there's no contradiction to the below realm to what this soul is in the glory. It feels so superior to, I, I don't know if you guys understand that, the Ruah, it has a nemesis. The the Ruah has an oppo- opposite. The Ruah has opposition. The Nishama, um, the Chaya. And I could feel that and sense that. It's almost like it has a direct shadow in the Kelepot, the Klippeth, um, in that level, in that degree of that rung of glory. Okay? So at a certain rung of glory, you'll find that the shadow of that thing doesn't exist anymore. You're still fighting the fallen angels, yes. There's still transformation going on in your DNA, but it is dramatically different. It's almost like you come to a place where your angel and your soul in the heavenlies is no longer so much wrestling yourself, but wrestling the devil. And it's kind of transferred from so much internal to the external against the fallen angels and that it's it's dramatic it's a it's huge and you're not always just like well foreskin circumcising the everything inside me oh it's such a mess help jesus you know circumcise my heart jesus that's gone (laughs) that's not you there's so much of the father in you that you think differently about everything i just saw an angel come out of the spirit and fly right there that should be caught on camera when you're with the Father, because there's so much more of the Father, the higher you go up Jacob's ladder, the higher you go in the heavens in the narrow way, that everything changes. And there's no way you can understand that. There's zero possibility of anyone on the whole planet right now, including all of you watching, that you can understand that. But you can receive it by faith as an impartation of the substance the of glory as seed from those realms because you really don't know until you're there. And let me tell you, I didn't know until I was here. And all the things above me, I don't know. Like David says, I'm not going to consider things higher than me. But I know this, what I've experienced up until this point of growth right now, and that's the authority I speak in. Amen. That kind of experience doesn't exist anywhere except for the eighth world and up it's not possible so it's a good reason to come up and get a breath of fresh air you might be able to google pictures of mount everest but it's a different thing to climb it stand there and breathe in the air you can't say oh i know mount everest you googled it you saw a picture on google maps google earth versus someone who made the sacrifice to climb and what it takes to get there it's the sacrifice yeah and that experience without haughtiness is authority because you can be a great pioneer and conqueror well look at them they have their trophies all over the place they got their pictures of themselves and my question is what did they actually what did they actually (laughs) conquer like here's the thing it's all haughtiness it's all like it's for christ right because a lot of the conquerors and pioneers here's the thing if they were, what were they? If they didn't go up the Sephiroth, what did they pioneer? Just lateral stuff. Maybe some of it was good, in different degrees. But what did you do? 
Well, this verse just comes to mind right now. God is your great reward. God is your great trophy. God is your great prize. Now, what that literally means is the manifestation of Shekinah is your riches, your inheritance in glory. So think about that as a prize and inheritance so much of God that you become light. And a light that shines bright right through those bodies you're in right now, so bright that there's no death in it. You know, all death is is darkness. There's a time coming where the children of light will be so bright that they'll swallow up darkness forever. And so that's going to come with a certain level of teaching and a certain height of the sapphire stones. And that's what we want to bring to you. And that's what we need you people eating and drinking night and day. Joshua chapter 1. If you are faithful to meditate on this law day and night, on this Torah day and night, then you shall inherit the promised land. Joshua 1. It is written. But if you're not faithful to the law of liberty in Christ Jesus, the new covenant of stewarding God inside of you. It's a greater stewardship than the Old Testament. It's stewarding the person of God inside your body, and it requires your cooperation. It's not just something he can sovereignly do through puppets. He needs volunteers in the day of his power. Psalms 110, it is written, Only volunteers carry his power. And therefore they are refreshed as they conquer. Psalms 110, it is written, Sit at my right hand until I make all your enemies a footstool for your feet. So what are you going after? Are you going after a big show? Are you going after numbers? Are you going after impressing people? Are you going after wheelchairs and crutches? Are you going after healing signs, miracles, and wonders? You're a rebel. Right. Our crutch collection versus the other ministry. I'll tell you the truth. I want to just tell this really clearly to you because a lot of you still have a lot of Christian witchcraft all about you and you don't really understand success. And you need to listen to me right now. Your lives depend on it. Success is the measure you know him on the inside through circumcisions. It's not going to impress them. Get over it. You're not a man pleaser. You're not a people pleaser. You're a Holy Spirit pleaser. The Holy Spirit might not give you a big circus show to go on TV. Okay? Oftentimes, like it says in the final quest, the ones with the huge ministries aren't even known in heaven. No one even knows their name. Hello? See, you need to be big on the inside and get over being big on the outside. And if you don't get over it, you'll never be big in heaven. You know the song, I'm big in Japan. You need to be big in heaven. <laughs> right. And that's why when you want to know who to listen to, a lot of people make the mistake of just seeing like who's big on TV. Right. Who's big on TV? Who's known by mankind in the earth? That means something, right? Big on the inside. But like if you went into heaven, so you should, you know, you should definitely consider visiting heaven, pray for it, ask for it. But let's say, let's say you go to heaven as just like a visitor, not like you die and go to heaven. Let's say you go to heaven as a visitor. And who does everyone in heaven know about? Who, who are they tuning into? Exactly. Who are they excited the most about what's going on in the earth? Like, think about it. Why don't people think like this? I think it's the magic spells of the enemy. 
because people just they're so bewitched they think who's the big christian television who's the big minister on youtube who's this but if you would just go to heaven and actually some people are here close to us now close to this ministry because they've actually done that they actually went close like god told them about this and uh, so think what about it does the throne room think it's a right. lot different than charismatic christianity so I wish more people knew about that. But anyway, God it has a purpose for a time and unveiling and things like that. Uh, but think about it. Are you going to be more interested in what heaven is interested in? Or are you going to be more interested in what the earth, different segments of the population thinks is popular? Eventually, it'll be on earth as it is in heaven, which means the things that are big in heaven will be big on the earth as we take over the heavens. So it'll switch eventually, but by then, it's a little too late to bandwagon. You'll be outer courts forever. Right. That's why it's really the Father trying to help you children right now overcome that temptation. It's the temptation of Esau success. Right. And Esau that, there's is nothing. a believer. Yeah. Esau is a Christian. Esau was circumcised, even though he wasn't of heart. None of his Edomite descendants were circumcised after him. Not the true circumcision, as right. we read in the Bible but, just a minute ago. But he ago. was circumcised. So on the outside, you could look at him, and both Jacob and Esau are the circumcised offspring mm -hmm. of Abraham and Isaac, the inheritors mm -hmm. of the entire universe from Yadavave, the maker of heaven and earth. And yet one is a frickin' warlock of Satan, and the other one is God's precious sheep, and he has his picture on his throne. Amen. Which, by the way, that was cool. Somebody got to taken into heaven. It's all God's throne, and he has a picture of my face on his throne, which I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't really know that until someone saw that and told me about it. I hadn't seen that. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. Like, like Then I had to stop and think about it as I'm like eating my peanut snack and my peanut and ginger snack. And I'm thinking like, man, like my face is on his throne and on his socks. I don't know how I feel about this. Like, I feel good about it, but it's just like it was kind of a lot to take in. Like that's pretty like this guy. It's like a school picture in dad's created. wallet. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Like how dad keeps pictures of his kids. And anyway, I felt really special because there's a lot of places you could keep pictures. Um. But think about the eternal realms. Think about where you want to be for eternity. Now, there's nothing, this is what I wanted to say, there's nothing bad about the outer courts of heaven. I don't want to, like, slander the outer courts. I'm just saying not everybody wants to live in the outer courts of heaven. A lot of people want to live closer to God's throne. And I think there's a lot of people, like when Rick Joyner interviewed people in heaven, and he talked to them, a lot of them do wish they could be closer uh, but that's as far as basically they can go. Even Bob Jones, when he would get taken into heaven, he didn't really like the third heaven. Like, the third heaven light, there are certain realms of light. He didn't like it. Because it was too bright. It hurt. It was, you know, like, uh, I can't. He had to kind of look through Jesus like a pair of sunglasses. He had to see the light through Christ. And it would, it's better to grow in light. So you can handle more light. And I'm sure he's grown since then. But, you know, my grandpa, he's in the outer courts of heaven. He's having the best time of his life. He's got a great job. You know, he, he, he gets to enjoy interacting with all kinds of people all day. 
he gets to serve others and do something, you know, outside of himself to help other people. And he's living in the perfection of heaven. It's a great place to be. So those people who kind of want to back away, you know, from the ministry, like back away, they might just be destined for the outer courts. Some will go to destruction, but understand that by the time it is visible and these things come forth, for those people who already wanted to back away, it's not like you can just all of a sudden come back. It doesn't work like that. So I'm just saying that in case there's somebody out there that's kind of on the fence, which way you want to go, just understand the testing happens in these times before it's visible. Later on when it's visible, it's already judged, it's already done. You don't get to choose then. Like, oh, I want to be over there. You're not going to be able to. It's already going to be filled. Uh, the position will already be filled by someone else who valued it when it was invisible. That's right. how it works. Their reactions to us going up into the throne room and ministering a lifestyle of rapture for literally almost decades, they're putting themselves in their own eternal position. You know, that's how it works. When you react to someone who's operating in the eternal heavenly realms, you're judging yourself at the distance you want to be from that measurement of God forever, unless you repent. But the reason why this is, is because the soul is so dirty and filthy and full of pride and arrogance, haughtiness, and, and the knowledge of uh, good and evil instead of the life of Christ. So what we need is the fear of the Lord. Psalms 19 verse 9 the fear of the Lord is clean. What is clean? Crystal clear and sparkling champagne glory. So the fear of the Lord is what you need to make your soul clear, which is clean, so that no matter how bright the word is, which means the measurement of the height that it came down from heaven, and how wise the word is, you don't react flinching, you don't react negatively, there isn't this turning away, this hardness of heart response. There is an energizing. See, when you have the fear of the Lord, you're clean. The evidence that you're clean is that the higher apostolic word energizes your spirit instead of offends your soul because your soul has no clearness in it. When your soul is clear, the apostolic commandment energizes you. You get brighter. That's why people that are hungry and thirsty for righteousness out there, they come around and instead of attacking us who've paid a price for such a grace as this, they're actually just energized like, whoa. And the people that have just taken it for granted and become casual and are just complacent because they've just been around us for so long that they're not really stretched to grow anymore, they get challenged. And that's a lot of you watching right now. When the new people come in and they're like, and they go oh, right up my God, this is what I've been looking for for decades and I've already wasted my life on drugs and immorality and this is it. They're going to be more zealous than a lot of you that have walked with me for years. And let that also energize you. Right. Don't, don't be, wait for You don't, don't have to jealous. wait for that to happen. You don't have to wait for that to happen. We want, yeah, you can but go I know up how right it now. is. It's like you're not going to be challenged enough until you see people more desperate than yourself. That's where a lot God, of people are at right now. God likes to use that too. Like he'll, 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 like what he wants to do with this whole Sephirot is move the Jews to jealousy. 
Like, they're going to be jealous of our Kabbalah because it's better than theirs. So when that's unveiled, they're going to be jealous because it is a better Kabbalah than theirs because it's the Lord's Kabbalah. It's the Holy Kabbalah with the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. It's the Kabbalah of the Father. And so, you know, number one, a lot of people, the temptation in the flesh is to wait for all of it to manifest. Like, oh my gosh. And then you can say, oh, I knew it. I knew it. Well, if you knew it, you would have gone up. That's the thing. I'll enlighten you a little bit on this. One of the reasons why Brandon is so high in the Sephirot, like right away after learning about it, is because of his tender heartedness toward me. Um, you know, what I am for this generation. That's why he went up so fast, because he loves me. And if you love the Zadik, that's what the Jewish sages taught. If you, you know, cling to the Zadik despite embarrassment, whoever God has given these things to give to a generation, and, you know, together, since, you know, he's my husband, we are one Zadik, uh, but his response to me is what allowed him to come up the sapphire stone. Because he already loves me. So, and I know for you, you know, it's not going to be the same kind of love, obviously. You're not married to me, but I hope you're married to God, right? So... If you love the people that he sends, his sent ones, his apostles, you'll find it easy to rise. If you struggle to love the apostles, if you struggle to love the Zadik, you try. You don't have to try to love, like, I don't have to wake up and, like, try to love this guy. Really, like, oh, Lord, just give me the strength. Yeah, it's super easy. It's so, it's so easy to love each other, you know, because you're such a great person. <laughs> and so much like the Lord, it's just so easy. It's kind of true, yeah, it's really true. Whatever. Eight worlds of circumcision. That's what's formed in there. Give the glory to God. Give the glory to God is bring the Shekinah with you up the sapphire stones and unite to the highest Tiferet. Amen. Bring Shekinah out of exile. What really helped me is so much experience with the Holy Spirit before, you know, coming into the Enoch realms. I had such a foundation in Christ being in the radical revivals and the prophetic for 23 years in the the fringe glory parts of christianity so that when stuff came from god like what you mean we're going to neptune all right sign me up as long as he knows it's from god he's ready to go enoch because enoch had been given to me you know in 2008 i showed you the files god gave me we had it uploaded on the facebook group in 2008 the book of enoch but it, it didn't open up and become experiential until just the last couple of years and so when it when this messenger came from god you have to understand i was so used to god sending people to me along the way so when he sent you i was open because that's how god communicates to right me. that's how god works he sends people he sends humans right. he yeah. always, always does so if you can be you know clued into that understand both kingdoms send humans and if they pass the couple hundred tests that you test them in thousand a couple of <laughs> hundreds of tests and the angelic signs and wonders are confirming this is rock solid god you don't need to defend it anymore god can do whatever he wants he's king on the throne that's one of my favorite he's things gonna about break you. your boxes he might break your cultural norms your cultural standards he might do all kinds of strange stuff but if it's god and it's tested as god you better follow it amen Amen. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things about you is there's some Christians out there. They really are mistrustful toward God. They don't really trust God. So like when God was like, hey, you should probably be inhaling the glory. So, you know, the, the distrustful Christian out there is like, what do you mean? Can I inhale the Holy Spirit? What do you mean? Like, should, can I double check? Where is that in my doctrine? 
you know, some people are really distrustful. Anytime God says, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. And then there's people like you who are like, okay, you know, you, you test it and you try it and then you get to know God's voice. And so then when God says something, you're like, all right, I guess we're drinking the glory now. All right, let's drink it and You get glory. over the offense right. of the human reaction. So, That's what you have to have those foundations in you because the higher yeah. things of God always challenge the human being. You know what? John Paul Jackson said something that really stuck with me. He said, the higher wisdom from God will always look foolish. It always looks foolish. So when you're below it, the thing above you is going to look foolish. So if you can remember that, oh, that's dumb, you know, that's how you're going to think in your carnal, unrenewed part of you that isn't at that level yet. Then you can know, oh, I love sense and nonsense. Those are angels. I love both. Those are aspects of God, right? The sense and nonsense angels exist because they were created by God. As long as it's a holy angel, if it's a holy aspect of God, then I can embrace it, right? So it's all about what kingdom you're serving what god you serve and we want to serve god the creator lord and master of the universe and now i'm thinking i'm walking around i'll find myself walking around the apartment just like i think it was last night like having this existential moment of like whoa uh i uh have my like intelligence right i'm a conscious intelligent being I was created by the master of the universe. Like, I didn't exist before he created me. Like, I existed in him, but he made us. He created us in him before he created these bodies and fashioned these bodies and our destinies and to come to earth. And just, like, I just had a realization of it. So I'm walking around having not an existential crisis, but it felt like one of those movies where, like, the AI has its conscious awakening. You're like, oh, my, oh my gosh, I was created by the master of the universe like without him i didn't exist it's moments like that that make you really appreciate the life that we're given he didn't have to create you but he wanted to so maybe ask the original manufacturer creator of you which is god what did you have in mind when you created me what was the thought what was the desire you know the impulse the will of god his lightning crown it happy created, hour yeah he created <laughs> i think so yeah <laughs> when he created you for sure i believe that 100 <laughs> percent. god was thinking it's happy hour especially since your dad has a um margaritaville kind of style bar in heaven is happy hour always there and you know they enjoy the glory really amazing There's so much we could say about the glory, but when it comes to you and your life and your destiny, if you feel kind of lost, you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing, why don't you ask the God who created you? He had something in mind, and you know what that was? Lightning. Every single one of you. That's what he had. Literally, the lightning crown of his keter, the father's keter. When he had a desire of his will to create you, I mean you individually by name, lightning came out and went through his wisdom and his understanding and it shot like lightning down through his tiferet his god's father's tiferet and it created you as a light being that gingerbread man of light came from lightning you're made of the lightning of his crown i've never shared this wow. before can you guys see the creator the creating right now she's talking he's like those are the creation of spirits you're made of the lightning of the crown of the father before you were born in the earth 
in the guff. He's never asked me to speak on this before until just I now. I just saw the father create, yeah, create. as you're talking. In, yeah, you in, watched it in too. In the vision. Yeah, okay. We were looking at the same vision. I was watching it too. Well, he's never shown this to me before. We're talking about it now. So he wants you to know that his, like, how valuable you are. You're made from the lightning of his own crown. His desire, his will. He had specific things in mind when he created you individually. Dear little gingerbread men of light, of lightning. So when you're going back to the beginning, the end from the beginning, the beginning from the end, you're rising on Jacob's ladder. You're going back. Eventually, you can go back to what he originally had in mind when he made you. Before Lucifer messed stuff up in the heavenlies, and then, you know, before you were born, before you were knit together in your mother's womb on earth, you were knit together in the mother's womb in the father. In what? Hakma, Bina, Tiferet, and then the lower Shekinah, the lower womb, lower matrix, upper matrix is always Bina, lower matrix, Shekinah. That's the guff where the souls generate from. And then it goes down, there's a version of that in the second heavens before you come to earth. All the problems with how you were born came from the damage of Shekinah in the second heavens because of the fallen angels. But in the Father, he had something in mind. Specific character quali qualities, personality. You could see all of that intended do. light be stripped away from the being as it comes down through the curse of the fall, the corruption of the second heavens and the damage to Shekinah. Uh, no human being was ever meant to live in darkness. We were created mm -hmm. to live in the fullness of light. That's what repentance is. Now, brace yourself for this because I'm going to irritate something. And just don't, just keep listening. Uh, just brace yourself a little bit. That's why you're not that precious until you go up, right? Some of you who have gone up, you've noticed you've gotten some of your preciousness back. For those of you who rise, you'll understand. If you haven't risen, that's why I said brace yourself. Because that's where the self... I can self, feel the pruning of the self-love right there. Mm -hmm. Because you're not that precious. The preciousness, like all my destiny and who I am and the stuff, the father values, I wasn't this precious back when I was just living in sin down on the earth. I was still precious, as you're still precious to the Father, but what he sees is the potential for you to rise and to get back, like, you know, that revelation that you just brought of how it was stripped away. They took his garments, like Joseph, that's what I saw, Joseph coming down, and the garments being stripped by those, you know, by those others as you come down, uh, the, right, the garment of the light. the fallen angels taking everything as... A spirit comes from God and is formed inside all the mm -hmm. sin of the world, even in the moon, born in sin. Right. So if you want to get back and the, the goat blood and all that. So if you want to get back your garment. So Joseph's second garment that he gets, not the first one that's stripped away and dipped in like, you know, the goat blood or whatever. The second garment he gets when he surpasses Pharaoh is one that no one can take from him. And, you know, he's been trained by Gabriel. He's above the 70 tongues of the 70 nations with the one tongue. Tongues of fire, right? The flame of fire. Whew. 
the preciousness comes back to you. So some of you, even if you look at, let's say you've been cosmic for about a year or, you know, or a few months, you know, some of you, I look at some of my memories sometimes and I see like your old comments and it's not even the same person. The preciousness wasn't there. That thing that's so precious and valuable, it's that substance that came, because it's from the father's crown. Remember, he created you out of the crown. The father light. coming forth through your spirit and soul. That's the preciousness. So all that other stuff that's in you, if you're born again, it's that one little dot of light inside your inner man. All the rest of you is not precious. It's fertilizer. It's manure for you know, for the plant of righteousness to grow in you. So don't be dismayed and distracted. All the stuff that you usually want to buy, you want to do, this is what I told the a lot of the women for RLM, don't bother buying a lot of stuff that you want right now. It's it's going to be worthless because a few in a few worlds, in just a few worlds, you'll want completely different things and then you'll have actually merited it. You'll be able, like, you'll be uh, legally in the invisible realm, you'll be able to own those things. So if you're trying to treat yourself, buy things for yourself, when you're down in the lower worlds, it's pretty much useless. Only buy the Holy Ghost highlights and nothing more and nothing less. So get those things he highlighted to you. He does want to bless you, but most of it will be a waste of your time and money because you're about to transform like crazy. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like that, yeah, but it's, it's what true. What the Some people deceived know it. part of your foreskinned membrane wants to do to yourself will be obliterated as you go up and find your true self in the higher rungs of Christ Jesus. So there will have to be a repentance of all that idolatry in order to find eternal life. Idolatry is the number one killer of the human soul. We just don't really understand what it is. Well, it's ten worlds of foreskins and membranes of complete and total deception about everything. <laughs> right, so that person who is uncircumcised when they see the preciousness in people who are rising and they are growing in preciousness, you're growing in light, the Father's light. They'll want to be like that, but without actually sacrificing. So they'll want to post things about themselves or comment. And listen, you guys, I don't care about Facebook comments that much. I mean, it's nice to drive algorithms so that it, it's actually helpful. But as far as like trying, you trying to comment something to someone somewhere, to attribute something to yourself, it's worthless. I see old memories of like all the betrayers, all the people who went in, back into Jezebel's camp. They all had the nice comments and all the blah, blah, blah. Look, it doesn't matter. All you need to show up with is a bag of foreskins and yeah, you'll be more accepted. More humility, Buckwheat, and I'm talking to you. Yes, you. The self-deification is Satan's involvement in your life, and it's more than you think often because the pride blinds you from how much the lower realms are lorded over by the prince of the power of the air. You might think you have some victory in your current level of what you think is deliverance and demon possession. That uh, I'm not a frothing at the mouth, you know, black magic warlock, you know. So you might think you're okay. Well, you're not. There needs to be a more desperate reality to getting into a crucifixion of self and making the self look good and the self deification. Remember, self deification. Trying to have a nice holiday. Like, all the, it's not bad to celebrate the holidays, <laughs> but honestly, it's kind of worthless We're going unless from you're rising. Self deification into self crucifixion. Now, that's a person walking in humility. 
and they're not beating themselves up either. They're right, actually don't just, beating yourself up does not increase the, the evidence is that Jesus and the the real Lamb of God, and this is the bride of the Lamb. The Lamb is able to get through you, and it's genuine, it's sincere, it's original, it's original, it's credible, and it's humble, it's meek. It's not looking for an audience for a round of applause. It's only concerned about pleasing the Father. And that's the nature of Christ you need more of. Even if you've been a leader in Christianity for 50 years, you need more. And you need to type that. 75-year-old pastor watching right now, I need more. I'm a buckwheat. Amen. Amen. That's good. Yeah, measurements of light. And just understand that that preciousness that you want to apply to yourself or compare yourselves to others and you feel bad or whatever, the preciousness is in the broken and contrite heart, the broken and contrite spirit before him to break the old self so that you know you can be ready to receive the new. As you go up, you are going to become so much more precious in the precious things of God. And it's literally the substance of him, his throne, his crown. You know, for those of you who go all the way, uh, the Keter, that's the thousandfold, you know, brides of Christ in the highest realms. Yeah, I can see the transition of your holy speech going from just feeling his stuff to becoming his character. We got so much of this selfishness and greed in our charismatic culture where it's like, I, I just want to feel the, the signs and wonders. I just want the sensations and the feelings and, and the glories of God. And we're going after glory. Listen, man, we need to go after the character through circumcision and not go after the glory. Okay? Right, go after the Shekinah. <laughs> That's literally how the curse of the fall happened. What going we need after to do Shekinah. is go after the cross, but understand it in a much more prophetic way. You know, we need to go past the outer court into the holy place. We're going into the holy of holies. We're going Amen. into the land. Faster of God. than the speed of light. <laughs> Speaking of light, do you have a minute or two to talk about quarks, gluons, and mesons? Yes, of course we do. Let's just go into our little classroom for just a quick moment. Light from the third light of creation, light of the sun, or when we turn the light switch on here in the house, when the light light bulb comes on. When the light bulb comes on, when the oh, light bulb I, I comes it. on, wow, wow, okay, light from the third light of creation that travels at the speed of 186,000 miles per second, which is 671 million miles per hour, that is produced from the release of energy. Hmm. And then we have the light from the second light of creation, which is spoken into existing. The light found in quarks, gluons, and mesons, which scientists believe now to be moving at the speed of thought. The speed of light. So the speed of light, the first light that we mentioned, the third light. That would cause us to travel from here to Neptune in about four hours. So the speed of light that comes from the release of energy of the sun or a light bulb Revelation in the sun. In I like this. This is juicy. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's burning my head. <laughs> Going to Neptune in four hours, Buckwheat. Get on. Neptune get on in four hours. Here we go. And then, okay, we'll go, get in, Buckwheat. We're going to Neptune. 
<laughs> and then comes the crucified Christian. Yep, sounds good. Been obedient for 40 years. I was surprised John Paul Jackson, his video was talking about mm-hmm. him going to Neptune yeah. last night. Yeah, yeah, that's what we were listening to today. Uh, today and last night, he was talking about, you know, the glory. Okay, so somebody, one of our Sierra friends, recently saw John Paul Jackson helping me in the spirit. And I started hearing his voice. So, you know, I went on and started listening to some of his stuff. And I could hear him commenting on his videos from the third heaven, from the cloud of witnesses, here in, in our apartment. And he was telling me how close he was to Kabbalah, but he just couldn't quite get it because of the limitation of the religious spirits all around him. And he spent a great portion of his time, which if you watch his stuff, you can tell, explaining himself and his revelations to the religious spirits and people. So in a way, it was good because it defended the revelation to move forward but at the same time it hindered him from moving forward into the holy kabbalah but a lot of his stuff now truth anyhow amen but a lot of his stuff now he was commenting on the eternal value beyond what he knew then and so i'm having this conversation with him today about his commentary on light which is really amazing because now he does all kinds of stuff, you know, in, in the clouds of witnesses. He's very much invested in what we're doing and we're just really grateful, you know, John Paul, if you're tuning in from heaven or you're watching this broadcast, I just want to say thank you for your help and for your commitment to the Father's glory and uh, the revelation and beyond. Amen. Yeah, so all, the one, all the Kansas City prophets are heavily invested in RLM except the ones still alive. And guess what? They're still going glory to glory. They're still revelating in heaven. That's what they do. It's amazing. They have leadership in heaven. And yeah, I'm really excited. It's going to be good. Can't wait to see them again. Alright. Uh, so the light from the second light of creation spoken into existing. And that travels at the speed of thought. So speed of light. You get to Neptune. In about four hours. But with the second light, the one that was spoken into existence. Yes, how fast? The speed of thought. Well, how fast can we get to Neptune at that <laughs> speed? The speed of thought. Which is the speed of prayer. Point zero zero one milliseconds. Yeah, it, says, it literally says nanoseconds. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> nanoseconds. <laughs> that is some good glory math, actually. That's a good... That's really funny. Quarks. So I had to look up these quarks. Quarks are the building blocks of protons and neutrons. Those make up an atom. Quarks are the only fundamental particles with color charge. quarky, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, yeah. Feeling quarky today. Feeling pretty quarky tonight <laughs> in the glory. <laughs> <laughs> it's those nanoseconds. It's those nano, that's the color changing quarks. They have the, they're the only fundamental particles with color change. Which is cool for, you know, you know, pimping out your galaxy inheritance with, you know, you're all whited out. Yeah, modding your galaxy like a said, keyboard. You know, that prototypal piece of light spoken by the Father. Primordial light. So remember, primordial light is not God himself. It's spoken light created by him. So that's that'll be important in the later wrongs. Okay. To not have idolatry. Again, we'll start below by not I- having idolatry over so paper bills of money. So you're telling me this bad boy Merkaba goes 0 to 10 trillion in 0.01 nanoseconds? nanoseconds. That's exactly what I'll, I'm saying. I'll take it. The engine is lightning fast. And you can have it for free at the very low cost of everything in your life. That's not God. Deal. Amen. Ooh, gluons. Elementary particles that mediate. 
the strong force between quarks. Gluons have no electric charge, but they have three additional states of charge. Positive and negative redness, greenness, and blueness. Wow, how much greenness does your gluons have? How much redness and blueness? Mesons. Com composite particles made up of one quark and one anti-quark. Mesons are involved in the strong nuclear force that holds atomic nuclei. Nu nuclei together. Quarks and gluons are always bound in hadrons. Always. Always. <laughs> a nuclei guy. Oh, yeah, nuclei guy. So, the you know. Nucleus. And then we have baryons that are made from three quarks and anti-baryons that are made from three anti-quarks. So, I believe the light that I began to see in last night as I was writing this today on 12-29-23. So, I believe the light that I began to see last night is the first light, pre-existing light. We talked about two types of light, the third light, the second light, and this is the first light, pre-existing light. It's a different language of understanding. Trembling last night in the opening of light in revelation and teaching that branches into the eternal realms of God, God himself. It is a trembling because it is not explainable to others. It may only be experienced, and that's what you were talking about tonight. It may only be experienced in the tenth world. And only if God permits. Note, I have been at a certain rung awaiting permission for another rung. And there was Can radiation. Can you imagine doing all that in the Chris Farley anointing? Uh, that's what I it don't, feels like tonight. I don't know. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe it's a pop culture reference or something. I don't know who, who that is. At least you're not living in a van down by the river. Okay. All right. Where am I? Yeah. Check Part out of those my, sunglasses, though. Yeah. She could be on SNL. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the SNL, yeah. I know what that... I know that pop... Have you ever seen in Avengers or Captain America? He came out of the ice from, like, being there for 100 years. Then he comes into civilization. And anytime he finally gets educated on pop culture references, he'll be, like, excited. I understood that reference. Yeah, some of us were coming out. So you're coming out of the, the ice iceberg. Age. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and the frozen tundra preserved for such a time as this. Amen. It's good. So the nanosecond. So, yeah, the third light is the combustible light pr produced from a release of energy. Think Yetzira, think the sun. Or just like a flashlight or a light bulb. That is the speed of light. Then we have the nanosecond, the second light, the speed of prayer, the speed of thought. And then we have the first light, the pre-existent light of God's Spirit. And this is what John Paul had said, the glow around Moses when he came down the mountain, the pillar of glory, fire, cloud, the divided flame upon the heads in the upper room. Man, I saw all kinds of stuff start to flash around the studio right now. <laughs> that was wild. Pre-existing light, that light is God. We don't even have the fan on, but it was like the swirling. Those are the Razor Angels with the helicopter in helicopter mode. I call it Razor Angels, and I call that helicopter mode because one time I thought it was... I went in a room one day, and I saw the ceiling fan on, and I was like, I can't believe he left the ceiling fan on. There's no need for that right now. It's not hot in here. She turned the light on. There's no fan in the room. I was like, oh, yeah, this Just room the doesn't have fans. <laughs> That's an angel. 
<laughs> the rays are angels, but they have the, I call it helicopter mode. It's always encouraging to see. Anyway, we're just grateful for you guys being oh, here. Oh, yeah. Too. Man, they help us so much Turning every day. Turning the lights it's amazing. on. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. They, we're they'll alive. do stuff that's outside your comfort zone for your good because they have a higher, cleaner, more perfect perspective because mm -hmm. they don't have the limitations of flesh. You can trust your holy angels. You need to. They're going to save your life thousands of more times. So, Tiferet, the sun, the speculum that shines. So, in the natural realm, if we could see that the sunlight from the release of energy is that lowest form of light. So it mirrors dimension. So when you get into the invisible dimension, that generation, you know, the gen, the, the generation you can see in Yetzira of the sun, that's the lower form of the light. Then you get more into the primordial first day light. Let there be light that came, he spoke it. That's that primordial has said, loving kindness, which even though it's not God, he did speak it and he created it. So a lot of people get into the idolatry and worship of created light. So there's created light, visible light, and then created light, primordial, invisible light. That's a substance that angels are made up of. Uh, and so that's why you can't get into angel worship. But if you know uncreated light, God himself, the light being not just the lights that he created, uh, then that will give us more than the speculum that shines which is the ability to see all things as they are, because in his light, we see light. And that's the truth anyhow. Amen. Deal with it! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. Bless you guys. We love you. Let this light encourage you, fill you, flood you, flush you out, clean you out, and make your souls clean to receive that higher angelic food to shine like Jesus Christ in all God the Father's glory every single day from now on in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, esteemed members of our beloved RLM TV community and honored guests, it is with a heart full of gratitude and excitement that I am before you today to discuss a matter of great importance, one that transcends the boundaries of our individual lives and reaches into the very core of our collective mission as viewers and supporters of RLM TV. Today we come together not only as fans but as stewards of a divine calling, a calling to support the works of ministry and secure a home for our spiritual journey right here in the heart of Florida. As many of you are aware, the ministry we share through RLM TV is not confined to digital screens before us. It extends beyond reaching into the lives of those in need, offering solace to the weary, and spreading the message of love and compassion to all corners of our digital community. It is a ministry fueled by faith, compassion, and a deep-seated commitment to making a positive impact in the lives of others. Our vision is clear, our mission resolute, and the path ahead very promising. Yet to achieve the great heights we envision, we must confront the practical realities that come with the responsibility of sustaining and expanding our ministry through RLM TV. Today I stand before you to speak about the need for us to join hands and hearts in taking up support and offerings, not merely as an obligation, but as an opportunity to invest in the divine work we are collectively undertaking. First and foremost, let us reflect on the significance of supporting RLM TV. Support is not merely a financial transaction. It is a sacred act of obedience, 
trust and gratitude. By giving our support, we express our faith in the divine providence that guides and sustains us. It is a way for us to acknowledge the blessings bestowed upon us and to share those blessings with others. When we support, we actively participate in the continuation of God's work through the powerful medium of RLM TV. Now as we consider the expansion of our ministry through RLM TV and the need for a permanent digital home here in Florida, let us view this as an exciting opportunity to sow seeds that will bear fruit for generations to come. Just as a farmer invests in fertile soil to yield a bountiful harvest, we too are called to invest in the digital soil of our community, providing a stable and nurturing environment for the growth of our spiritual family. The acquisition of resources is not a mere transaction. It is an investment in the future of our ministry through RLM TV. It is a commitment to create a space where lives will be transformed, where people will find refuge in times of trouble, and where the light of our shared faith will shine brightly for all to see on the screens that connect us. I understand that each of us has unique circumstances and the level of contribution may vary. However, let us remember that it is not the size of the offering that matters most, but the spirit with which it is given. Whether our gift is large or small, let it be a reflection of our dedication to the work of the divine through RLM TV. As we embark on this journey together, let us be inspired by the words of the Apostle Paul. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians 9.7 May our collective support overflow with joy and purpose. May our contributions be a testament to our commitment to the works of ministry through RLM TV and the establishment of a spiritual home in this beautiful part of God's creation. Together, let us build a legacy that will endure, a legacy that speaks not only of our faith, but of the boundless love that unites us all. Thank you, and may God bless each and every one of you abundantly as we embark on this sacred journey together through RLM TV. Amen.